The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. Here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss navigating a cookie-less future in programmatic advertising. Joining us is Eric Wheeler, who's the CEO of 33 Across, which enables leading global advertisers, platforms, and publishers to move past cookies and reach consumers in a simple, fair, and transparent manner. And today, Eric and I are going to discuss how you can prepare for a cookie-less world. Okay, here's the first part of my conversation with Eric Wheeler, the CEO of 33 Across. Eric, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks, Ben. Excited to be here. Thank you. Excited to have you on the show. Excited to hear a story that I've been waiting for a little bit. We talked offline a little bit about your background. Mine, we're both married to Katie's. We both have lived in San Francisco or the suburbs, and we both started companies and work in some sort of MarTech-related field. All right, let me have it. Well, give me the story of how 33 Across was actually named. It's a fun story. I was sitting down with my co-founder and our first investor, a guy named Dave Morgan, who's started a bunch of great businesses. And we were mapping out literally on a beverage napkin, the business. And we were looking at new ways to use data, lots of unstructured data in new formats. At that time, social media was just starting and we were looking at messaging data and social data and understanding the social networks and relationships between people anonymously. And if we could really kind of understand the weights and edges of those graphs, we'd be able to kind of build some predictive models that could be pretty interesting. It would really unlock programmatic. It would unlock advertising in some new ways. So I came home, showed Katie the napkin, and I said, this is amazing. Look what we're going to do. We'll be able to unlock the web. And she said, oh, it's just like in the New York Times when I'm doing the crossword puzzle right around 32 or 33 across. I get a big, fat, horizontal word. It unlocks a whole puzzle for me. I'm like, that's amazing. 33 <laughs> across. I love it. URL was available. ka And thus it began. There you go. I originally started off this business being called Ben J. Shap LLC, the first four letters of my first name, first four letters of my last name. Not as creative and a little me, me, me on the title, but we've rebranded to be I Hear Everything because, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I love it. All right. So we've both got our brands. We've got our companies. We have our Katie's, our dear wives, and we're both preparing for the cookie-less world. A world without cookies doesn't sound delicious. I'm not sure it's one I want to live in. Help me rationalize how we're going to get past our life without our delicious treats. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting time for the entire industry. There are a few times when there's kind of this much transition up for grabs, kind of like the move from fossil fuels to electric. There's a lot of market share that's going to shift here. 
and a lot of dollars in play. And in the programmatic world, specifically, we're talking about $150 billion in ad spend in the US for 24. I think at least 50 billion of that is up for play right now. So what it means from an industry standpoint is a lot of confusion, a lot of choices. There'll be a lot of new players, new entrants, a lot of things like that, and a lot of new market share. And that's great as it over time, it will settle out. There will be a lot of new winners and probably some losers, but in the near term, it's going to be tough. So there's two breakdowns that I want to cover. One, you mentioned that there's going to be shifting of market share. For the vendor side, who do you think is positioned to take advantage of the deprecation of cookies? And there's got to be some other tracking mechanism which we use for marketing. I don't think any sort of personalization in marketing is going away. So where do you see the landscape shifting in terms of who has taken advantage of cookies and who's going to pick up market share? So I think today, still 75% of marketers rely heavily on third-party cookies. And so we talk about cookies and cookies going away. It's third-party cookies, first-party cookies, publisher, first-party cookies are staying. That's not going away. But what you're seeing is 75% of marketers today relying on third-party cookies. And it really, cookies were the underpinning of tracking, measurement, consumer privacy management, protecting and maintaining a user's privacy choices were all connected to third-party cookies. It used to be a validation credential, right? This person's already logged in. I've cookied them. I don't have to ask them to sign in again, was my understanding of the original creation of the cookie. Exactly. And then used in many ways for advertising profile management and creating of audiences and a bunch of things that enabled an incredible scale programmatic or automated advertising business, which is what we're talking about today. The challenge when you talk about first-party cookies, and really we're talking about authenticated users or a user having to authenticate or log in every time, that's what we're talking about now is that many players out there are really hoping that the internet becomes authenticated and the open internet becomes authenticated. The challenge is that consumers don't log in. They don't like to log in. They want free content. They don't want paywalls. They want to and are very happy to have, I'll read the content, put some ads in that, it'll be supported, I won't pay for it, perfect. Just make sure they're relevant. Make sure they're, and that you control the frequency cap and things like that so you don't annoy me and my family. So that's, I think, the biggest challenge today is that in a world without third-party cookies and some players pushing for authentication, it's just not going to happen. So you're going to have a potentially a big gap in advertiser-supported content because if we don't have solutions like 33 Across and others that are enabling programmatic to work without cookies, it looks like less free content. Okay. So if we're going down the, all right, content is going to be less free, is that good for publishers? I guess they're losing their monetization engine in advertising. So I'm still struggling. Who wins? The hope is that the publisher wins, the consumer wins. If we can continue to keep an open internet with enabling technologies and frameworks like 33 Across and others, we can enable programmatic the way it exists today to continue to work, continue to scale and dollars to continue to flow to an open internet. Otherwise, you're going to be seeing dollars flow to the walled gardens and the walled gardens are the Facebooks, Google, you know, all of that. I was trying to dance around it, but I'm assuming that at the end of the day, when we are completely third-party cookie-less, the end winners are going to be the incumbents who made the decision to break everyone's connections to the cookies. Specifically, Apple and Google are leading the charge here. So there's got to be some incentive. They own the platforms where all the content's consumed. 
and most of the time they own the customer data. What's the incentive for some of the big platforms, the Apples, the Facebooks, the Googles of the world to deprecate third-party cookies with the exception of, sure, we're all concerned about consumer privacy, and I'm sure that that's the guys that they are framing cookie deprecation under, but they've got something to gain here. Absolutely. I think under the guise of protecting consumers, they're going to probably be able to and definitely be able to try to claim more market share and pull away because they've got the big red easy button to make it easy for you. Because obviously, when you're in an Apple experience and a Safari and on a phone, you name it, or a MacBook, you are logged in, you're authenticated. Same with most of Google's products, you're authenticated. That is the easy part of it for the advertiser and the part that they're planning on. Apple did an amazing thing over six years ago. They deprecated third-party cookies on Safari. But the rest of the programmatic marketplace said, all right, well, we'll just focus on Chrome and everyone else because Safari is a relatively small part of the ecosystem. But then Safari grew dramatically. So today, over 50% of programmatic inventory is cookieless. Already, it's over 50%, just over 50%. So the programmatic ecosystem has been optimizing already just to the third-party cookied Chrome and other platforms that are now becoming less than 50% as Google deprecates. So now we're seeing essentially the second shoe drop. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. All right, before we get down into programmatic and how that's going to work, We talked about who's going to win in terms of this vendor landscape, and it's the major players, the Googles, the Facebooks, the Apples of the world, because they have access to data. They've got lots of validated experience, and some of the other programmatic providers potentially could suffer. Talk to me a little bit about what marketers need to know to prepare for the cookie-less world. If we're going through this landscape and you can't just go to every Joe Blow advertising channel to be able to target users, do you have to go to Google? What should we do to make sure that we're prepared for this shift? Well, just to think about from a trend standpoint, 
while obviously Google and Apple are particularly positioned, Facebook and others, retail media networks are all positioned to do well. What you're seeing is a shift. Addressability is moving from the browser because you can no longer get data and make things addressable at a browser level is now moving to the publisher. So the publisher is really the one that has the relationship with the consumer. The consumer navigates to a publisher site, they engage in the content, they agree to a certain amount of trade-off between content versus advertising. So as addressability moves to the publisher, I think the winners are going to be supply-side platforms and those that have built direct relationships with publishers to enable them to take advantage of their relationship with that consumer, just like a Google or Apple have done. That publisher has a relationship with the user. And so if you can take advantage in that and leverage that relationship through technology, you're putting the publisher in a phenomenal position. Hang on a second. I'm a publisher, so I'm going to win. Let me make sure I understand how this is going to work in my favor. I'm going to create content. I'm going to publish it. Consumers are coming to my site, so I'm able to collect marketing data from them. And now I can have a relationship you mentioned with an SSP. So that's the trade desk and media math. Is media math still a thing? Those are DSPs. Those are demand side platforms. I always mix them up. Yeah. The largest (laughs) supply side platforms are Magnite, Pubmatic, OpenX, Index Exchange. And these are supply side exchanges that enable a publisher to be able to make their inventory biddable, make their inventory programmatic and actionable. Many of these partners are now enabling data and a lot of other things that used to sit on the demand side platform side is all happening on the supply side. They're the aggregators and they collect all of the inventory from all the publishers. And then the DSPs are where you're placing your bid to go buy that inventory. And programmatic always ends up being confusing for me. And I always mix up the vendors. That's fine. So good on publishers. Does that mean we're going to have more valuable content? How do you think the money flows? I think the money is going to continue to flow. I think there's what's kind of amazing and what's happening right now. And for the savvy marketers, now is the time to take advantage because it's kind of a, to go back to our own old marketing books from years ago, Red Ocean, Blue Ocean. You know, you've got a lot of competition for cookie impressions today, third-party cookies and cookie impressions, which are now just a little less than 50% of any impressions you can buy. The non-cookied impressions today are much less expensive. And they often represent users on great environments like a Safari browser and an iPhone. So the ability to be able to reach a consumer in a great ad environment that is going to see your ad and engage with it and remember it is phenomenal. And to do it at a much lower price, that's an incredible opportunity. So what we're essentially doing, those of us in this business that drive the technology underneath, we're driving competition for those impressions, for those publishers, and enabling the auction technologies underneath it to help drive greater parity towards the, what is the cookie impression today. So is the strategy for the advertiser that I need to either rely on the walled gardens because they're going to have access to all of the authenticated data no matter where a consumer goes? Or is it to move away from a third-party cookie-dependent solution into these, I guess, SSP-driven personal relationships with the publishers? So I think the answer is you're going to need to do both. Going all in on any one platform or a couple platforms generally isn't the best way to go. And we've seen many times where the large walled gardens have said, don't trust us. Don't worry. We don't need any third-party measurement. We'll just take care of it. So in general, from a marketing and advertising standpoint, that's less desirable. 
And the best advice we give is to make sure that you're working and thinking through the expense to revenue that you're going to be able to invest in, track, and measure on a go-forward basis across a combination of these platforms. Some of them will be walled gardens, and of course, some of them should be the existing programmatic landscape that exists today, which is robust and rich. Just make sure that it's got a third-party cookie alternative, a number of them enabled, so you're able to do the types of programmatic advertising that you're doing today can be enabled and can scale just like it did with cookies. Technologies like 33 Across enable that to happen without a cookie. So I want to dig in there a little bit more. There's the notion of the mechanism of tracking being the third-party cookie that's being deprecated, but it seems like there's this wave of, well, this isn't a cookie, but it does something that is akin to what a cookie is used for. We're doing tracking across multiple sites, and it's just another type of tracking technology. Are we just changing cookies for brownies? (laughs) Is this just a different technology solution that does the same thing? And at the end of the day, the programmatic ecosystem is going to end up being the same once all the different tracking mechanisms shake out and we come to one sort of consensus on the most common tracking technology? I don't think so. I think we're looking at an environment which represents a really significant change for good. You know, the cookie, as you kind of alluded to earlier, Ben, that was never designed to do the things it was used to do. And it's distributed, it's browser based, it's very hard to manage and to use in a distributed way. The new types of solutions like ours and others are literally their server side, they're safe, they're scalable, they're centralized the ability to control permissions, control and respect a user's choices to immediately everywhere, globally, if a user says, I do not want to be tracked, great, immediately, globally removed. This is the kind of stuff that was impossible to do with cookies. It would take days sometimes or longer for all of that to get flushed through a system. So you're talking about newer, more scalable real-time technology that also at the same time can be incredibly respectful of a user's choice and the choice that they made with that publisher. And that and it makes it easier for that publisher to say, this is the relationship I have with this consumer. This is what they've agreed to allow me to use in exchange for free content. And this is how it's going to go. So we can respect that and make sure that that is adhered to all the way down the chain. Fundamentally, this is a time of great uncertainty for marketers. Our technology stacks are evolving quickly with the rise of LLMs and generative AI. The restrictions on privacy are becoming more and more strict every year and in different locales. And fundamentally, the solutions that we're using to attract demand are also changing. And as we go through this year, keeping an eye on not only what is providing an ROI in terms of our advertising strategies, but also what has the ability to be sustainable, to be controllable, what has the ability to get around this monumental change in the deprecation of cookies is just one more thing that we need to be paying attention to this year. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Eric Wheeler, the CEO of 33 Across. Join us again tomorrow when Eric and I continue our conversation talking about how marketers should approach programmatic advertising. If you can't wait till our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Eric, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is Eric Wheeler. That's E-R-I-C-W-H-E-E-L-E-R. Or you could visit his company's website, which is 33across.com. That's 33across.com. 
Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even apply to be a guest speaker on the Martech podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly on LinkedIn. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.